1: A watchpot never boils, the best things come to those who wait, patience is a virtue, just some of the things you may be telling yourself right
0: now. Or even worse, other people may be telling you. If they dare. And of course, we've been the voice of reason, reminding you throughout that loads of babies come after their due date.
1: But you can't help but feel that your due date will be the one, can you Claire?
0: No, of course not. And in an ideal world, you're taking this opportunity to rest and relishing this last stage of your pregnancy. But that isn't easy. So this week we will be talking old wives tales that are supposed to bring on labour and how to deal with the incessant asking, when is the baby due?
1: Great, let's crack on with the show and find out what's happening with that baby who is clearly too comfy in there to
0: come out.
2: What's happening for baby?
0: So, we're not going to scare you with the size of your baby this week. Just saying he was the size of a small pumpkin last week. Oh, Claire, you are awful. (laughs) So, to induce or not to induce, that is the question. If you've had a pretty straightforward pregnancy, then it's likely that you'll be offered an induction at around 41 weeks.
1: Yeah, it's another one of those situations where timings vary according to the policy of your local hospital. But generally, it's between 7 to 14 days after your due date.
0: So why is there such a variation? It seems odd, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's for the very scientific reason that it's still not really known when the ideal time is to induce labour in overdue mums. Oh, I love it when when (laughs) we admit these things. (laughs) You may prefer to have your labour induced at 42 weeks.
0: Yeah, by which time I think it's safe to say that any pregnant woman is feeling as though there's no more room in the womb. (laughs) Time to move out. Give me my body back.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. Claire, you were
0: induced, weren't you? Yes, I was induced after 12 days and then it took another four days for my son to arrive. So yeah, I was definitely well and truly ready. But I know that some women choose not to be induced. And of course, you can just wait and see what happens. One reason your doctor may suggest induction is because the risk of stillbirth rises gradually between 39 and 42 weeks. But try not to worry because the risk is still really small. Your doctor will be able to answer any questions you have and she'll take your wishes into account when suggesting an induction date. Good to know. What's happening for you? OK, mums, this week we're talking sweeping. And of
1: course, not the broom variety – Oh no. no. Although they do say clearing out your cupboards can get things moving, we are talking membrane sweeps.
0: What are they? Why they're done? And how you can run really far in the other direction. (laughs) Kidding, of course. (laughs) Of course. Here's our baby centre antenatal expert, Chess, to tell us more about sweeps. Your
3: midwife is likely to offer you a membrane sweep or a stretch and sweep at 40 weeks if you're expecting your first baby or at 41 weeks if you've had a baby before. It's a way of trying to get labour to start. It's something that she will offer you during your appointment, so you don't have to go to the hospital to have it done. She introduces a gloved hand into your vagina and reaches towards your cervix. She's trying to insert her finger in your cervix and sweep around so that she can detach the membrane from the cervix inside your womb. And by doing this, she can stimulate your body, your cervix, to produce prostaglandins. And this will help kickstart labour by helping your your cervix to ripen and and ready for opening and shortening, um, ready for labour to start. Sometimes she won't be able to reach your cervix and put a finger in to do the actual sweep. And that's why it's sometimes called a stretch or sweep. Having a membrane sweep can be uncomfortable while you're having it done. So you might need to use your relaxation techniques, maybe some breathing and relaxation techniques. Afterwards, you might get some cramps or some irregular contractions and you might get some bleeding. And sometimes the mucus plug comes away. So you might notice that when you go to the loo, or you might see it in your pants. The reason why a midwife or doctor would do a membrane sweep is to try to bring on labour. It's stimulating prostaglandins to help the cervix to, to ripen change ready for labour it doesn't increase your risk of infection unless your waters have already broken if your waters have gone already then it's not recommended if your friends and family are saying why bother because they had it done and it didn't work there's a reason for that so research shows that it can improve your chances going into the labour within the next 48 hours but it doesn't work for everybody for every eight women who have a, a stretch and sweep one woman or go into labour within 48 hours. So the advantage of having a membrane sweep is that it can help you to avoid more formal methods of induction of labour. So that might be a prostaglandin pessary, or it might be a mechanical method of inducing labour, such as a balloon catheter. Having a membrane sweep could work for you, and it could mean that you don't have to go into the unit to have one of those more formal methods of induction.
0: Thanks, Chess. I have to say, it's not tough on my bucket list, but it's useful to know the facts. Too embarrassed to ask. Okay, our embarrassing question of the week. It's the question on everyone's lips. How do I get this baby to make a move?
1: This is one of those areas where I feel like the answers are basically a bunch of old wives' tales.
0: Yeah, although I reckon the most common tip was started by a man. Any guesses for that one? Um, sex? Yes. It's long been thought that sex would get things going because having sex or an orgasm can trigger the release of the hormone oxytocin. Oxytocin is the hormone of, wait for it, love, labour and lactation.
1: That's quite a title. Good old <laughs> oxytocin. And its release may increase the frequency of Braxton Hicks contractions or even stimulate natural labour to begin.
0: And there's something in semen, isn't there? Lucy, you're our resident pronouncer of tricky words. What's it in semen? <laughs> Prostaglandins. Ah. Yeah, these could help to ripen or soften your cervix,
1: ready for it to dilate when labour contractions start.
0: But yes, ever the voice of caution, if you think your waters have broken, then you shouldn't have sex because of the risk of infection. Yeah, and in fact, if you
1: think your waters have broken but labour hasn't started yet, then have a word with your midwife or maternity unit.
0: So having sex sounds like a fun way to try to start labour, but I feel duty-bound to say that research has yet to prove that it works in practice. But hey, if the mood takes you, then it's just another way to pass the time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and if full-on swinging from the chandeliers is a bit much at the moment, then another one to try is Nipple stimulation.
0: Oh, like the sound of this. Are we talking extensive industrial strength stimulation? Sadly,
1: there's no clear guidance (laughs) on how much nipple stimulation you need or how often to encourage the start of contractions. But studies have been done, Claire. Seriously, someone's done a study on nipple stimulation. (laughs) Yeah, in some some studies, women were asked to stimulate their breasts for an hour at a time, three times a day, Alternating breasts every
0: ten to fifteen minutes. Oh, my
1: days! In other studies, women were asked to stimulate their breasts for just one hour per day over three days.
0: Ah, oh, I think I feel a bit overstimulated by this point.
1: <laughs> but what is it supposed to do? It's oxytocin again. Apparently, nipple stimulation causes your womb to
0: contract, and there's some evidence that it does help to start labour, but only if your cervix is ready to dilate. Well, again, not a bad way to pass the time, but I'll take it with a huge pinch of salt. What else have we got? Well, personally, I tried the prune approach. Oh, why do I feel like this isn't going to end well? (laughs) I ate a
1: tin of prunes and drank a litre of prune juice.
0: Why on earth? I (laughs) bet you're just like some great windbag of gorgeousness.
1: Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It would have been worth it if it had worked, but it didn't.
0: Oh, no. Well, there's other stuff that's meant to work, isn't there? Curry, because it's spicy, so may give you a rumbly tummy, which may give the baby a bit of a wake up. Using that reasoning, what about laxatives? I mean, they're going to stimulate your insides one way or another, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they stimulate bowel action, but they're not recommended for getting labour going. And again, there's no evidence that they work. No. Oh, and if anyone suggests cast oil, don't do it. It can make you really sick and is not recommended.
0: Pineapple is one I've heard of. Do you know why that's thought to help? Yeah, pineapple contains an enzyme which is thought to help soften your cervix and bring on labour. I bet you have to eat it in vast quantities to get the amount you need, though, don't you? Yeah, your average portion of pineapple is not going to do much. Another one is raspberry leaf tea. This is thought to tone the muscles of your womb so that they work more efficiently when you're in labour. The idea is that this will help your labour to progress at a nice and steady pace once it's underway.
1: Yeah, this was one I was actually warned about in pregnancy. Apparently, you shouldn't use it to kickstart labour because if you're at term or overdue, then the contractions can be so intense that your baby could actually become
0: distressed. Yes, ideally you start gradually at about 32 weeks of pregnancy. So if you haven't started by now, then it's a bit late. There are also some mums who should steer clear of it altogether. So check the information on Baby Centre to find out more if you think you might want to use it in the future. Walking is another one that people say can help.
1: I was told this when I was overdue. Yeah, so was I. Yeah,
0: the pressure of your baby's head on your cervix may
1: stimulate the release of prostaglandins, which help the cervix to ripen and bring on labour. If your baby's not dropped or it's still high in your pelvis... Walking can also encourage her into a better position. This may make your labour more likely to start on its own.
0: I suppose at the very least, it takes your mind off things for a while. Finally, there are complementary therapies, so things like acupuncture and homeopathy. Again, the evidence isn't really there, but if it's the sort of thing that helps you to relax, then it's not going to do
1: any harm. Just make sure you find a qualified practitioner who has experience of working with pregnant women.
0: Yeah, I felt immense pressure to try out all these different things when I was overdue. But actually, like, you don't have to do any of them. It's going to come when it comes, isn't it? So, top tips for the perfect night when you're overdue?
1: Yeah, it looks like it's a curry, prune and pineapple fritter with raspberry leaf sorbet, followed by a slightly uncomfortable... And windy. And windy night of (laughs) fashion. Or maybe just have a
0: binge watch and put your feet up. Yeah, just do that. What do you expect this week?
1: This week, you may find yourself fielding some incessant questions from well-meaning but slightly annoying friends and family.
0: Have you had the baby yet? And you just want to say, no! If I'd had the baby, then you'd know already!
1: <laughs> this is a pretty common invitation on the Baby Centre community boards. To tell us more, here's Joanne, our Baby Centre editor.
2: Yeah, I can totally relate to this. So my son was uh, 10 days overdue and it was really, really close to Christmas. So it really seemed to heighten the anticipation somewhat. We often see this cropping up as an issue in our birth clubs um, as mums reach and pass their due date. So apart from being completely fed up with being pregnant, they're having to feel comments like, oh, you're still pregnant and have you tried a hot curry or a night of hot sex? And it all gets a bit much to deal with. The good news is that you are not alone. Around 20% of babies are born at 41 weeks or after. And if you're a member of an online community like the Baby Center Birth Clubs, you can vent to your heart's content with women who completely understand what you're going through. But it's probably best to avoid social media for a while. And you may even want to turn off your phone notifications. Just try and keep yourself busy with whatever makes you happy. Binge watch your favorite shows. Just pamper yourself and get as much rest as you can. And try to take all those tips on bringing on labor with a pinch of salt just keep in mind that in a few days you'll meet your baby
1: thanks joanne some fat points there okay hang in there you really are on the home straight and you'll meet your baby very soon as always please remember that the podcast don't replace medical advice and you should always speak to your own doctor or midwife if you have any concerns
0: we hope you stay well stay healthy and we'll see you next time for hopefully newborn week one (laughs) bye 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 Thanks so much for listening to The Parent Pod. If you'd like more expert advice and information, chat to others at your stage of pregnancy or get emails tailored to you and your baby. Download the Baby Center app now or visit babycentre.co.uk. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Baby Center UK. All the info we cover in each episode is linked in our show notes. If you loved our podcast and found it useful, please rate and review The Parent Pod wherever you listen to your podcasts and don't forget to share it with your partner and friends.